Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Got a great show with you planned for tonight. Um, Got to do good scope, bad scope. I was wrong about a lot this weekend. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he has earned his stripes with me. I'll talk about him. A huge win by uh, Baltimore last night, yesterday afternoon. Also, uh, Titans. Uh, Looks like they get robbed again. On the out, uh, er, my early impression is, looks like they get robbed again by the Eagles. Uh, is Ken Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal, Howie Roseman, is Howie Roseman the Danny Ainge of the NBA? We'll talk about that and more. I'll be back here in 49 seconds. We'll get our first and only break out of the way. We'll hit the ground running here on Sportscope. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and SportsCo. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Okay, so this afternoon... Uh, the Titans are one of the first, make one of the first major trades in the, uh, uh, we've got the NFL trading camp deadline, uh, coming up on, uh, Halloween, October 31st. Today's the 24th. So, uh, or today's the 23rd. Essentially, we've got eight days away from the deadline. And I'll have to say this, I believe that. Uh, Howie Roseman, for you basketball NBA fans, uh, the general manager of the Eagles, he's turned into the Danny Ainge of the um, of the NFL. Uh, who is Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge uh, was a former player, general manager uh, of of the seventies uh, of the Celtics, and he was winning every trade and humiliating team after team after team. And nobody at one point really didn't want to do any business with him as a general manager of, of the Celtics. Now, of course, now he's moved on to Utah and making big moves as well. But Howie Roseman seems to get um, him. He seems to be playing chess when all these other uh, man GMs are playing checkers. OK, uh, I'll say this. I think they probably could have gotten more for Kevin Byard. Uh, but, you know, well, let, let's read off the trade first. Yeah, so so the Titans trade Kevin Byard, former All-Pro here. Uh, guy never misses a game. Uh, he is uh, has a 93 PFF rating overall. Not 
quite the player he was in 2017 at his peak, but he is a very solid, consistent player. Uh, this team, uh, the Eagles ha have lost multiple safeties during the season. They've had some secondary issues, and they go out and get a guy of this magnitude for a fifth and a sixth round pick uh, and get this Terrell Edwards guy who I've never heard of. And on top of all, and that is in the 2024 draft. They get the fifth and sixth round pick in 2020. And on top of all that, they get they have to take on Kevin Byard's dead money pickles, $13.5 million next year. Uh, they take on, let me let me make sure I get this right according to spot track. I don't want to guess this. But they take on um $8.8 million in dead cap hit this year, 13.6 in dead cap next year. You know, for a fifth and a sixth round pick, players that, that may they're probably going to be special teams players. Meanwhile, the Eagles get a guy like Kevin Byard who can uh, get behind that great defensive line. One player on that defensive line that Roseman took the Saints to the cleaners with uh, and, and traded. Uh, Saints wanted to trade up in the 2022 draft and end up giving away the Eagles their 22-2 pick. They lose a ton of games. The Eagles end up getting Jalen Carter. They get up Jalen Carter, what, the fifth or sixth pick overall uh, in the top ten. And now he is looking like defensive rookie of the year defensive tackle okay but uh you know maybe Rand Carthine gets a George Kittle type of player in the fifth round that's what he got in the fifth round one one year with the um with the 49ers but this happens one day after AJ Brown a team that uh the Titans traded uh at the actual draft traded him uh, they did. Here's the good news: they got the first round pick from the Eagles, and I did not realize it till today. But they actually got the Eagles' third round pick as well. And with that third round pick, good good news for the Titans fans. Last year, not this past April, last year they did select they did select Nicholas Petit Farid, who's turned out to be a starter for the Titans at the right tackle. Okay. So that is some good news. But other than that, I mean, looking at some of the players that some of the players that Roseman's got, and I'll go more into the Titans side of this in just a second. But yeah, Court uh Kyle Byard is is uh since 2020 has had a 92.3 uh highest among all defensive backs. Uh, in in uh, rating quarter pro football focus in the last three years. He's 30 years old. He's a Philadelphia native. Uh, he's going to get shot to play deep in the playoffs, maybe another Super Bowl shot. Uh, he, he's more of a top 10 safety now, according to the current ratings. Uh, but Torin Davenport, who writes for um, ESPN, covers the Titans, says Byers has 27 interceptions since entering the league in 2016, the third most. Uh, in that time, after uh, Xavier Howard, Justin Simmons, Byers also never missed a game in his eight-year career. Uh, I mean, just 
just an unbelievable um, type of deal here. Now, I'll say this. So, looking at the players here, and I'm, I'm going through my screenshots, folks. Just give, just bear with me. Okay. Uh, they, they acquired, let's go back to, let's go back to the Eagles. Okay. I just mentioned A.J. Brown in 2022, right? Uh, they got A.J. Brown for a first and third round pick. They get Darius Slay in 2020 for a third and a fifth round pick. Nothing, just, just Detroit did get a starter out of that deal. One of those draft picks, they got their right guard. But just, just an unbelievable impact player that the Eagles got with him. Now they they get, uh, and also they've got a uh, DeAndre Swift, who's averaging about 150 yards a game. Uh, they they swapped fourth round picks for a fourth round. They got a fourth round, uh, gave a fourth round pick for DeAndre Swift, who's probably a second round or late first round talent, and they swapped seventh round picks for him. You know, I mean, this guy is out there playing chess, and the rest of these teams are playing checkers. You know, I understand that a lot of this is about money and stuff. But if you get high, high impact players, the fans forget all about that stuff. As long as you keep the fans happy, you're keeping the owner happy because he's getting money. All right. Because well, fans are happy because you're winning. You got high impact players. And then the owners, uh, you know, happy because he, he the, the, the team's winning and he's not getting called a jerk out in, in public, you know, but, Kudos to him. Kudos to him. Uh, Pickle says he held out. Uh, there was talks of Bayard uh, not wanting to take a pay cut. If they want to do that, they probably, and I'm telling you what I've read. That may have came out today, but I'm telling you what I've read uh, in the past that he wanted, uh, he did not want to take a pay cut. And I thought, I know you could have got more than a fifth-round pick and a six-round pick for Kevin Byard. I think Brabel pushed and pushed to keep Byard on the team. I know he's a, like I said, a thirteen million. He's an eight million dollar cap hit for for the rest of this year. They've already paid him for six games. He's gonna be a thirteen and a half. Why didn't the Eagles just take the money? Why couldn't Cartman get the Eagles to take that money on? That's what really irritates me. It's not the low draft picks, but the Titans are gonna be second. In most cap space in 24, okay? Last year, Tannehill. Last year, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's definitely on the trade block, okay? We're, uh, they need to get, shoot for a third or fourth round pick, a third and a fourth round pick for Henry if you're going to trade him off. Uh, but their schedule gets lighter as it goes along, okay? But, you know, it just kills me. For them to do this now, like I said, from their perspective, that's what they're thinking, and and maybe there's some some something came out that's holding out. Uh, maybe he just wanted to go to Philadelphia, uh, but you know he don't get that choice. It, it's the team that's on his rights. It's the team that decided to pay him. But uh, you, you got to look at from the Titans' perspective in another sense that Ryan Tannehill's hurt. They're not sure when he's going to come back. Uh, okay, 
That game was in the bottom of the eight. Pickles says Arizona's beat Philly to go to game seven. Uh, not to interrupt that that point, I'll come back to it in a minute. I think that this is the first time, and 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 for as long as I can remember, because I don't follow that much baseball, but I can't remember two uh, NLCS and ALCS going to Game Sevens. I cannot remember the last time that has happened. It's really been exciting here. Now back to Howard Roseman in Tennessee. So the Tides are two and four, but the lighter schedule. So what this also tells me that Tannehill is going to be out for a while. They're not sure about Malik Willis, nor will Will Levis. Um, it's a no-brainer. You should give it to, to Levis because Willis can barely read a defense. Uh, I don't think Will Levis – Malik Willis is a nice guy, folks, but I don't even think he's a backup in this league. I really don't. I, he, he's, he's, he's really – really raw and i mean he, he needs to go to one of these uh semi-pro leagues usfl and the xfl for whatever uh that, well i know why that they merged he probably needs to go play there for a while and, and get his skill set up if he wants it bad enough he'll make it happen uh but he, he really doesn't need to be on the nfl roster right now as a quarterback i'm sorry nice guy but i call balls and strikes i'm a, i'm an umpire on here Sometimes I get it wrong. I've got one big one wrong with Lamar Jackson. I'll talk about him in a minute. So the, the Titans, they're looking at, at Willis and uh, Malik Willis and Will Levis. They don't think that these guys can lead them to the playoffs. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I, I, you know, looking at their schedule, if you look at their schedule, they're, so they're two and four, they're not out of the running to win the division mathematically, because they have not played the Jacksonville Jaguars yet, okay? They have not played Houston yet, but Houston looks better as of today. And they gave up a game against the Colts here a couple weeks ago, as I explained. But their schedule, folks, pertains of Atlanta Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Tampa, at Tampa, we saw Tampa's falling apart like I predicted. Thought they'd win Sunday, but they're starting to fall apart as I predicted. They've got Carolina, who hasn't yet to win a game yet. Okay. They've got to play Seattle, who's not that great on the road, on Christmas Eve. On Sunday, Christmas Eve, Seattle here in Nashville at an early start time against Geno Smith and Tennessee's pass rush. And they still get to play Indianapolis here. Now, of course, they got road games against Miami and Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, at two and four, you know, uh, it, 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 so you got 11 more games. If you win seven out of that 11, okay, and that makes you, what, nine and – now that would be nine and eight possibly or maybe a ten and seven type of team. And maybe that's enough to uh, to beat the Colts. I don't know. They don't. They don't think so, though. When they made that move with Byard, they, they don't believe so. They probably should have made this move in the off season, and they'll never admit. We'll never know. We'll never know if they um, what 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 the real deal was. But I think Vrabel was pushing Carthon not to make the move. As I said before, as I said before. Before March, 
in February last year when the season was at January, for Christ's sake. I said, they need to get rid of Tannehill, okay? Move off Tannehill, move off Henry, get the money, uh, get as much money and draft picks as you can, can get saved, take the hit this year like the Rams have already done, you know, take the hit this year like the Rams have already done, including Bayard, by the way, and and start either Levis or or, or, um, or Malik Willis. I would move off Willis. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, you know, that means no, never mind. Uh, maybe brought into Josh Dobbs, who's already in the system, okay? Keep the Josh Dobbs. Give him a very modest, modest contract. Keep him in Tennessee for a few years and let them all compete that way. They would have had a much better offensive line and take that money and draft picks and, and put them into these. Because offensive linemen, you got a good offensive lineman, can go up into his 30s. Look how well Lane Johnson's playing and Travis Kel- or Jason Kels, who's 36 years old, folks. You know, that would have probably went out and, and maybe got a, a, a Ben Powers and, and, and Orlando, um, uh, the left tackle there. I want to call him Orlando Anderson, but I think that's the guy. Um, but you guys know who I'm talking about. The, the, the left tackle that used to play with the Chiefs that the Bengals end up giving a lot of money to. Uh, and so far, he's doing pretty good, you know. Uh, the calf injury, Joe Burrow, didn't have nothing to do with his blocking, you know. So that that that's a little frustrating. Uh, but for today, and again, maybe next year this all turns out to be fine for Tennessee. It, it turns out to be fine. But today, today on October the 23rd, it looks like that Tennessee let Howie Roseman rob them again. And the fans will never – as soon as Byers getting a big big interception and a big playoff game, you know, uh, maybe uh, – nobody will forget about it. Yes, Chad, that is true. They have the Lando Brown. Thank you, Pickles. Um, Lando Anderson's a guy who shot Tupac, according to uh, – this accused of shooting Tupac, and uh, that's what all that uh, that arrest was. Yeah, they got the second most cap space. Now they're going to have extra picks. I'm going to try to get Rich in tomorrow. It's kind of a short notice. See if he wants to talk about it from 104.5 The Zone and see if he knows something that I don't. But I, I just got it all here. Uh, it, it really it, – somebody else was doing a podcast when I was preparing for it saying that, you know, it looks like the Eagles robbed Tennessee again. Just think, uh, essentially, they could have got a higher draft pick, you know, for a guy of this caliber. This is not just an everyday starter. He's a former All-Pro player. Uh, he's just 30 years old. He hasn't missed any starts. I mean, even if they keep him for three years and lose a few more dollars, they, they're taking on $2 million in, in cap hit this year. I mean, it's just – and Tennessee's eating all the dead money. You know, it, it just blows my mind. Uh, looking at it from the outside in, again, there could be some other things that I'm not seeing – that's going on in this trade. But uh, as of right now, it really looks bad for the Titans. Uh, hopefully, if they're going to move off Henry, at least get a third-round pick. Jeez, man. At least get you a third-round pick. Uh, there's plenty of teams out there. Maybe Buffalo goes after them. Who knows? All right. Okay. Where should I go now? Dun, 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 dun. All right, 
So uh, Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin, and this is a good scope, bad scope. I was totally off. Uh, Baltimore beat the mess out of uh, Detroit. Detroit not quite ready to string together a few uh, wins in a row. They're so far ahead coming out in the next week. Uh, they look like they were kind of feeling themselves a little bit after the blowout uh, win to uh, Tampa. They go on the road again and get hammered, totally hammered by the Ravens. But I'll say this. I've been wrong about the improvement each year, Lamar Jackson. Um, as of today, he, he you know, remember, they signed Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin's the former Georgia uh, offensive coordinator who worked with Stetson Bennett, a walk-on, who's now was for forefront. He went to a walk-on, undersized. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett's not even six foot tall. Uh, former Georgia quarterback, national championship quarterback, uh, to a guy who's won multiple national championships and been a fourth-round pick. Been a fourth-round pick. Now he's with the L.A. Rams and a clear shot to really make a difference. Now he's 26 years old. Stafford's playing well, but Munkin's done a good job. And him and Lamar Jackson had a uh, Jackson had a 155 quarterback rating yesterday and made some real big boy NFL throws. And I will say that I'll have to own it. I have overlooked and about his improvement year to year. Okay, but. Most players, most players who are looked at as running quarterbacks early on, rarely after year two, rarely blossom in to star NFL quarterbacks. I mean, now people say, man, look at Steve Young. He was a great player. Steve Young this and Steve Young that. I saw the year they had in 94 where they went to the Super Bowl, and he put on one of the best individual performances, even to this day, going back 30 years, that I've ever seen in the uh, Super Bowl. Steve Young, nearly flawless. It was textbook West Coast offense over the then San Diego Chargers, led by Junior Seau. Young looked great. But listen, you know what, Steve Young, were, were we really saying that about Steve Young? And I had to look at this because I always heard it. I mean, you guys know I'm a historian. I, I didn't watch Steve Young in 85 with the I didn't watch Steve Young when he played for the Tampa Bay Bucks in 85 and 86. I was only four years old. But listen to his numbers. This is before he signed with the XFL. Or remember, he was signed number one pick, XFL, USFL, excuse me. The Donald Trump League. Remember that went out. Then he went to Tampa, folks. Listen to these numbers for Steve Young in Tampa. Uh, uh, three touchdowns, eight interceptions in 1985. Eight touchdowns and 13 interceptions in 86. Uh, and, and his record was 2-12 and 12 in 86, running for his life. This is three years as a professional quarterback. Three years for Steve Young. Okay? So a lot of people... Steve Young, like a Lamar Jackson, uh, and you said, well, Lamar made it MVP. Yeah, that was a gimmicky offense, folks. That was a gimmick offense that 
when they got behind in the next year, he he could not uh, come back passing. He had problems coming back passing. He was like 0-5, 0-6 at one time. Then he started to become a better passer eventually, okay? But players that make it late, guys like, you know, Rich Gannon and whatnot. Remember, folks, Tony Gonzalez, Hall of Famer, arguably the greatest tight end of all time. Numbers-wise, he is. He's the best. Tony Gonzalez, former Kansas City Chief, said 4%. 4% of the NFL players that play, in his opinion, want to get better every year. Uh, the other 96, uh, they're the same player they were in year two. That's usually statistically when players make their big jump from year one to year two. Uh, when they make their, their big jump from year one to year two, uh, that nobody gets, nobody grows after that. But uh, in Lamar's credit, you know, he, this guy is now, I'll say this, judging by what I've seen last night, yesterday, and what I've seen of him this season, uh, remember they added Odell Beckham, they drafted Zay Flowers, uh, they've got a healthy Rashawn Bateman, they've got a all-world tight end, probably the second best tight end in the NFL, maybe third, uh, who scored two touchdowns yesterday, Mark Andrews. Uh they have invested into uh, this Todd Munkin. They've invested into multiple receivers through draft capital and through finances. And Lamar, why would they do that? It dawned on me today. Because Lamar, they see what we can't see about Lamar Jackson. Lamar's putting in the work behind the scenes. He's putting in the work. Uh, and we're seeing it come to fruition. And what does this say about Greg Roman? Greg Roman was the guy who broke him into that system that was kind of gimmicky, where he's running the ball like a running back. Uh, it looked almost like the Wildcat, the read option Wildcat, where he's taking a lot of hits. Um, Roman got famous with that system uh, that he used with Colin Kaepernick. And um, in Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, when he was coaching the 49ers in 2012, Roman leaves, okay, and Harbaugh leaves, and we know what happened to Kaepernick. His career went to uh, the went to the pits, to put it nicely, to clean it up, and then he started becoming an activist. So, a lot of the critics says, "Listen, it's Greg Roman. He never evolved the offense with Lamar Jackson from year one to year two and three and four. They kept the same offense where he's just running, 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 and do willy nilly." That's like Warren Sapp used that term willy-nilly. That means just do whatever I want to, you know. So the critics, for what I see now, I thought those are people just, uh, they're, they're, they're blind Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, a lot of those people I don't agree with, those, those are the same people like your Ryan Clarks of the world and ESPN folks that are constantly saying everything is racist. So that kind of clouded my judgment. But I'm looking at what I was seeing, and I was seeing a player that was deteriorating. Now, looking back on it, after they did get a good offensive coordinator, after they did invest into it, because they, meaning the organization, John Harbaugh, and, of course, management and ownership, they have to sign off because they're paying this guy a lot of money, okay? Uh, it did turn out so far to be good. Now, to say that 
going back to my the reason another reason why I had the assessment of Lamar Jackson throwing the fact that the last two years he's missed multiple games at the worst time the last four or five games of the season and in the playoffs two years in a row okay let's go back three years the last playoff game he was in in 2020 where they beat the Titans that's his first playoff whenever they beat the Titans that year. Titans had no pass rush in the COVID year. And he gets hurt the very next game against Buffalo. So that's three years. Three years that he was hurt because they were calling too many running plays. Okay. And he was like a running back. He was getting hurt. You say, well, he didn't get hit that much. No, but you're running. When you're running that hard like a running back, you're basically a running back and you're going to get banged up. You're going to put that wear and tear rather than sitting back and throwing like he's doing now. Uh, so all that is, is saying that, listen, uh, everything is working out for him. It, 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 all that being said, uh, he, ne he never ran the 40 at the combine. Uh, he had this instilled confidence in himself that you see me as a runner. You see me as a guy who cannot develop. And there is, the Bill Polian said, I draft him as a receiver. His, his, his footwork was off. He threw the ball sidearm. Uh, he had all these strikes against him. Now, of course, he won the Heisman with Bobby Trent at college. That's different. NFL, you have to have the proper form. You're going to throw a lot of interceptions. He was too thin. He corrected all that, all that. Same criticisms. You think about a guy like Aaron Rodgers. There's one reason why he didn't drop to like 23. To the Packers, he didn't have, have a good form. Rodgers held the ball way above his head. It's very unorthodox. He was a transfer from college, junior college to Cal. But like uh, Lamar Jackson, we can't tell that hardcore desire to get ahead. We can't say that. A lot of people do lip service and talk that big game. He plays a big game. He's done the work. Think about the sixth-round pick that the Patriots picked up in 2000. This guy says, I'll be the best draft pick you've ever picked. That was Tom Brady talking to Robert Kraft when Robert when, when they just paid the number one, former number one overall pick, Drew Bledsoe, a fortune, okay, one of the first $100 million NFL contracts I've ever seen at that time. All right. They're not – they're four years removed from a Super Bowl appearance against the Packers, right? And this sixth-round pick says this to Robert Kraft. I'm going to be the best draft pick you've ever – I will not let you down, okay? Just like Lamar Jackson says, no, I'm not running a 40. You're not going to stereotype me. I'm going to outwork you. You watch me. And he has improved me wrong. So as of this day forward, like I said, I, I call balls and strikes, and if I miss a call, if I miss a call, I'm going to say it. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson, okay? he It took a long time. Even after the NBA, I think the improvement he's made for the team that's around him, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Um, there's other things to be noted about Lamar Jackson's situation uh, that the league should take notice of that this is such a quarterback-driven league, you have to put money in your offense. 
Uh, Ronnie Stanley making a lot of money at left tackle, okay? Uh, got one of the better centers in, in Limbaugh. And you have to put money in your offensive coordinator and your scheme nowadays to be successful in the NFL. Now, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they they have uh, um, built – they're always been built good since they became the Baltimore Ravens under Ozzie Newsom back over a little bit over 20 years ago. Remember, this used to be the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns lost their team to Baltimore because in 83, Baltimore lost their team to the Indianapolis Colts, going back to Ursay Sr., okay? So they haven't had a team that long, the Ravens, that are called the Baltimore Ravens. Less than 30 years, all right? Less than 30 years, but Ozzie Newsom and that management staff, they built a really good foundation franchise. They're one of the organizations, like a Philadelphia Eagles, like a, uh, right now, like the Rams, like the 49ers, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, all of them seem to be playing chess when teams like the Tennessee Titans and what they did today, and I don't know, the Browns, other than here recently, maybe the Browns now, I don't know, uh, throw in the Lions for years and any other garbage team you can think of seem to be playing checkers, all right? But the Ravens really surprised me, you know. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I'm explaining why I said what I said for the time that I said I did, you know, that this guy has uh, proven people wrong, uh, players that run around like that. Uh, listen, he can't help it. He's that fast. You know, but right now uh, I was going to give you a list of players who I think today you can win a Super Bowl with. And I didn't get to do it for one thing, had some work done on my car and it uh, went a little over than I thought it was. Another thing that Kevin Byard story broke late this afternoon and I wanted to break that down in full. I'll probably talk about that tomorrow show, you know. Um, and Pickles, that is true. Yeah, he fell into a team that had still had Jerry Rice in his prime, the greatest wide receiver of all time, still had Bill Walsh disciples. I think it was George Seifert at that time, if I'm not mistaken, that put that in that system in there. So you have to, like a Andy Reid and the current Super Bowl champs, you have to have a offensive coordinator that builds his offense around the strengths of the quarterback. And that is what Todd Monk is done. Now, of course, listen, it's just one game. Uh, I like the way he played against the Titans. Uh, I like the way he played earlier this year in, in week one against Houston, who's turned out to be a pretty good team. Uh, he's only going to get better because the guy's got the work ethic, man. He's got the work ethic to make this thing happen. Uh and I think they're going to call less and less running play. I didn't see that many. Anyways, I know he ran for a touchdown. But he doesn't have to be a 400-yard-a-game guy. He doesn't have to be a 300-yard-a-game guy. He's just got to convert key third-down throws in key situations. And I think with what they've got going on now, can uh, be successful, essentially. And, of course, Montana. Yeah, he backed up Montana. The, uh, our, he was the greatest for, for 30 years, 
until Brady finally won that fifth, and then we had to put Brady, had to give that title to Brady. Okay, so let's do good scope, bad scope. Okay, um, if I can find it. Okay, good scope. Been saying this for a couple weeks. Dolphins very good against bad teams. You know, the Panthers, who has not won a game yet. Um, Denver, score 70 points on Denver, who's dreadful, who's probably going to have a fire sell their own at some point. They've already been trading away players. They got rid of Randy Gregory the other day. Okay? Uh, but but they lose to teams like the Bills and like the Eagles. So I was right about that. Uh, Tarrant Armstead's out for a while. That's the left tackle. When it's rainy, cold, snowy, they're going to have to have lean more on that running game, and you can't lean on those finesse plays. Uh, I think Tua is one of those quarterbacks you can win big with, but they're going to have to tighten that defense up, and they're going to have to be a little bit more physical at the rim of attack. Uh, that's the way I see it with, with Dolphins. They're just a really good team. They're not a great team, okay? So I think I was right. Good skill. Bad. Detroit putting together a win streak against winning teams on the road, three-point underdogs. Thought they would get on, uh, get out right, outright win. I just mentioned they got blown out. When healthy, they're still a team that has losing habits. They shouldn't have lost that bad. And I'm sure Dan Campbell's going to be in their rear end. I'm curious to who they play next because I know they're going to show up and play much better than that. They had the number one offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, before that game. Uh, number one against the run, they got ran, they got gashed all over the place. Real good pass rush, did not bother Baltimore. Baltimore tore them a new one. It's very impressed with Baltimore. Okay, good. Staying in the AFC North. I said this early in the offseason. Nobody said this but me. I didn't hear anybody. The AFC North is going to be the best division in football. It's not going to be the NFC East, like a lot of people say. It's not going to be the NFC West, okay? It's the AFC North. It's not going to be the AFC East that some thought it was. It's the AFC North, okay? Uh, no team in the AF, and no team in the AFC North has a losing record. The worst record in that in that division is uh, the Bengals at three and three. And I picked them to win the Super Bowl. They were in two AFC Championship games back-to-back, and they're getting healthy again, mainly uh, with, with, with Joe Burrow. Pittsburgh goes on the road and beats the Rams. That was the only game I was right about uh, just this last week. They also beat the, the Ravens. Look how good the Ravens look, okay? Uh, the Browns, they had problems at quarterback too, but they still continue to win. They beat, they beat a good uh, 49er team, and uh, looks like um, Watson got nicked up again. They turn around and beat the Colts anyways. So, yeah, uh, I, I was right. The AFC North, the best division, most fascinating division in football, in my opinion, and the records, folks, prove that out, okay? Bad. Thinking Penn State would upset Ohio State. Pickles, Chad, that was the worst, the worst offensive game plan that I've ever seen in a big-time college game. By far, by 
far that was the worst James Franklin offensive game plan I've ever seen. If, if and 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 I gotta I gotta give credit to Keith Engel. He pointed this out weeks ago, and I should have caught this, and I took Ohio State in that game. Uh, and I'll probably have another game on Carlos. Now he's up just two. I'll catch him though. I'll catch him. I'll catch that contrarian dude. But anyways, they can't get the ball filled. Uh, Penn State is scared to throw deep passes with this LR guy. They've had they, they, everything I said. Yeah, fast defense, really good players, but they can't get the ball filled. I mean, they, they were scared to death. And I'm thinking, if you don't have any confidence to let this kid throw that football up the field, you have to put in some speed underneath, jet sweeps, quarterbacks, uh, uh, wide receiver screens. Uh, you have to put in that. You have to put in halfback passes uh, where, you're, where you're pitching it to the running back or something, and he throws it, reverses. You have to use other quarterbacks in there. You have to pull out all the stops. Uh, James Franklin, or, you know, you're going to lose. And they did. It's almost like they were throwing the game pickles. You know, I mean, it was so bad, you know, that I felt like, man, are these guys throwing the game? But I, I looked up something here on James Franklin, and I want to say, He's like three and fifteen pickles. He's like three. Well, here, here it is. He's four and fifteen against. Uh, he was hired by Penn State in two thousand fourteen. He's four and fifteen against Ohio State, Michigan. You say, well, that that that's uh, you know that that that's but uh, you know one a nine win team No. Penn State before the scandal had Joe Paterno uh, presented. Uh, he had the most wins in, in college football history. And as he got vacated because of the, the scandal and everything that eventually killed the 85-year-old coach. Remember, folks, he won two national championships with Penn State. He built them into a powerhouse, linebacker you, physical. They didn't get James Franklin to look good every now and then. They want to win. They, they, you know, they had Bill O'Brien. He took over a team after all that that horrible scandal with Jerry Sandusky happened, and then he moves back on to the NFL. But they, that the idea with Franklin was to get back to being Penn State, and that was the worst game. I mean, he was horrible. That was. Ter- I mean, I'm like, God, what are you thinking, man? I mean, he. This is not the dog. That I know prior to 2014 at, at, at Vanderbilt, a team that went down on the road and beat a really good Florida team in Florida. That's unheard of. But it, it did happen. And you gotta wonder with that record, folks, at at um at, at four and fifteen, has he just run his course at Penn State? You know, has has James Franklin just run his course? at Penn State. And um I tell you, you know, maybe he has. Uh maybe he has. And 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 uh I think that people will probably start to call him now the flip side. Uh 
I've been down on Ohio State, but they've answered the call every time, man. You know, I was for sure they would lose to Notre Dame. And they didn't bleak. They beat Notre Dame. I was for sure. Yeah, he didn't trust that guy. And if he don't trust him, you've got to put in wrinkles. You couldn't run in the ball like that, not doing any wrinkles. I mean, that's that that's the waving the white flag before the game started. You know, they had one bad call that we went for a touchdown that could have kept it a little bit closer, but that was on defense. It was a bad call, but that you're playing at the shoe, you're playing at Ohio State. Uh, he's got to do more than what he did. You know, uh, that 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 was really bad. So uh, my bad on that one and my bad on Lamar Jackson. But, again, I explained why Lamar was um, – why I had the opinion of I did of Lamar with his injury history and everything and not getting it correct. All right. Uh, another quick note here. Josh Allen, uh, Bills lose again. Do you think that Bills may be a player in the in the trades? That that's uh trade deadline coming up in less than a week, a week and one day. They lose to the Patriots, the Bill Belichick firing calms down. He gets his 300 win. Uh Allen, uh interceptions, uh look confused out there, didn't run the ball well. Uh he continues to deteriorate under Ken Dorsey. Uh, Brian DeBall's now the, the Giants head coach. Uh, watch for Sean McDermott. They're paying him a lot of money. They're not going to trade Josh Allen. Sean McDermott uh, and Ron Rivera of Washington, those are two coaches to watch to be on the hotter seat uh, coming up. Those two particular coaches, uh, Rivera's got new ownership there. Uh, he's a defensive-minded coach and it's offensive-driven lead. You've got to watch. Uh, I'm hearing that maybe I was talking about this Mac and Jack and Jim Jeffcoat show that possibly Chase Young or Montez Sweat, two good edge rushers, contract years may get traded. Uh, they should not have lost that game to the Giants, man. You cannot lose that game. And then the Bills with McDermott. Uh, they, they just that that running game. It's just like it is every year. One good game, give up game. One good game, give up game. And would they be players to possibly trade a Diggs in Buffalo? So it's a lot to think about between those two teams here in the next week or so. And as the season goes along here, folks, uh, for the Bills here. Bills really missed the Ed Oliver. Yeah, they they got yeah, L Oliver's out. Milano, their linebacker's out. Uh uh Tredavious White at cornerback is out. I want to say, is it a Poyer or Hyde? I think it's Poyer's out at safety. Uh, so they're missing players here and there on the defensive side, and they're just not as dynamic as they have been offensively on a consistent basis. But that goes to the offensive coordinator. So Big deal in this league. Look how better Lamar is because we now know that he's doing the work under Todd Munkin versus the other offense that kept stagnant in, in a developmental stage than it was in at the time, okay? So that that is something 
that is something that ownership and uh, management can think here in Tennessee. You know, I mean, this lady may get frustrated and fire Vrabel in the next year or two. But if she does, Amy Adams Strunk is the owners I'm talking about. Uh, she needs to go offensive minded. You know, uh, I like physicality too, but I want my team to have scheme on the offensive side and some type of identity and some type of, and money. So a lot of these coaches, people say, well, the general managers run things. Yeah, that's true. But not every team, a lot of the coaches are pushing the general managers to go in a certain way if they've got some kind of credibility or some kind of favoritism with the ownership, Bill Belichick included. Bill Belichick being the main guy. They need a general manager. There was a story out Sunday that uh, that he could very well get fired after the season. Okay? It would be the only way. And I thought, why don't you just try to – maybe he's already told Brock Kraft, no, he don't want to work on the general manager. He's a victim of his own success and ego, getting the best of him. I hope it don't end that way. I hope they get a general manager. I hope they get their uh, things squared away up there in, in, in New England. But that that's a story to keep an eye on. Now, of course, they won last week. That helps. But that's just one week. You still got your problems that you have to deal with. Okay. Uh, another late-breaking story. I did not get a lot of information on this story, but it just broke as I was just about to go on the air. And um, Giannis has signed, and Tenacupo, Milwaukee Bucks start. The, the season starts tomorrow. Maybe I'll talk a little NBA tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, folks, uh, I will have uh, Jeffrey Deskovic back on. Going to get his predictions on NBA Finals winners, get his thoughts on that Damian Lillard trade on Wednesday, folks. Wednesday, keep that in mind. So Milwaukee uh, signs and extends Giannis for three years, $187 million, $86 million contract extension, according to Shams Sharamia. Now, uh, Giannis, there was a report weeks, about a week before Damon Lillard got traded to, to the Bucks that uh, it, he, he's going to get, he's going to probably not resign. With the Bucks, if they can't get another star player, uh, the Bucks the Bucks work out a really good trade with uh, Damon Lillard. Now he's signed. He's twenty eight years old. They're going to get him all his prime years, all his uh, peak years uh, with the Bucks here to thirty two. He could probably squeeze another championship or two out of it. Although uh, the league is very strong around him. I mean, Boston looks fantastic right now um i'll have to look and see but uh and denver looks great too but at least the milwaukee bucks are keeping their guy under wraps for at least a few more years and he doesn't go to a lakers or somebody in one of these huge mark uh, uh huge markets there in the nba and like pickle said uh there it looks like that uh this game is over with Diamondbacks game seven. Uh, game seven will be played against the Phillies. And then we'll have a game seven, of course, Houston and Texas. Cannot wait. Great, great Major League Baseball story. 
uh, October's is the busiest sports month of the year. Uh, Pickle says Ron Carthon, that's the general manager of the Titans, may want to get rid of Rabel. That is, uh, yeah, and I, I, I may try to get, I may try to get Rich on if he can make it tomorrow, Chad, and get him to break down his opinion of the Kevin Byer trade and a potential fire sale. Matter of fact, I think I'll send him a text right after the program, um, and, and we'll we'll do that. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. I'll give you my power five tomorrow. Good shot that Detroit might not be in the top five, and I may slide Baltimore in there somewhere, folks. Uh, I like I like the 49ers tonight, but looks like Trent Williams is not going to play, uh, not playing out there at left tackle. Uh, they may have their hands full with the Minnesota Vikings. I think they'll win. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the score is there uh, in that particular game. Uh, everything. And here's what I, this is just what I've been talking about, folks. You know, baseball overlapping football. There we go. Vikings up 7 nothing with the football. Okay. 49ers going to have their hands full as I uh, expected. Um, I think they'll come back and win, though. I think the 49ers will figure out a way to go ahead and do that because, remember, you're still going against Kirk Cousins. So, anyways, uh, folks, if you like the show, share the show. I'll be back on tomorrow no matter what we talk about. Uh, same time, same place here on Sports Scope. Thank you, Chad Pickles. Thank you.